Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. But here's the bottom line. This administration's response has been lame. It's yeah. been lame on this whole issue. Now, I wish they had as much passion or I wish they had half the passion that they have for going after Republican state legislatures and Republican governors and Republican members of Congress. I wish they had half the passion that they have against the Republicans that they do against uh, the, the, the tyranny in Cuba. Just half. Not all of it. Just half. Senator, and right what, now we don't what? have it. And the reason why is because the person running Cuba policy for this administration is a supporter of engagement with the Castro regime. She has personally coordinated a bunch of visits to Cuba for members of Congress, and, and, and she uh, ultimately she's been even she's even been hailed right. uh, in, in official state media in Cuba in the past as, a, as an enlightened figure. But here, here's uh, Joe Biden politically is in a pickle. Mm -hmm. uh, he lost Florida in 2020. He would like to win it next time. But if he's got her dictating the policy for Cuba, he's not going to win it again. He's not going to win it again because he's not running again. So Steve Ducey is off base on the conversation. But Senator Marco Rubio focused on what it is that the Biden administration is doing vis-a-vis -vis Cuba is dead on. And he is right that you will get nothing in terms of support for Cuba, especially when you have people like uh, the Secretary of the Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, saying that Cuban refugees are not welcome allow me to be clear if you take to the sea you will not come to the united states the time is never right to attempt migration by sea to those who risk their lives doing so this risk is not worth taking again i repeat do not risk your life attempting to enter the united states illegally he has never made that strong of a statement regarding the southern border ever. Mayorkas is terrible. The Biden administration doesn't know right from wrong. And the idea that we wouldn't accept Cuban, Cuban refugees is out of control. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. How did we get here? What is it that caused all of a sudden these uprisings uh, uh, across uh, Cuba? If, if you take a look at, at a map of Cuba, we're talking about, you know, tip to tip is is where we see um, the these protests happening and breaking out, whether you're in Havana or you head o over uh, to Santiago de Cuba. You are seeing these things happening everywhere. So what is it that has brought us to this place? Well, a lot of people will tell you that it's COVID. It is not COVID. It is not COVID in and of itself or really to any degree of magnitude that has caused the people to take to the streets and demand their freedom chanting liberty down with the dictatorship down with communism none of that has anything to do with covid infecting the island and the people not getting care 
Of course, Cuba will tell you what a great medical system it has. It has an absolutely horrific medical system. And one of the things Cuba does in order to lie to itself and lie to others is they send their doctors around the globe to help for humanitarian reasons because Cubans are great humanitarians. They don't have any clue of what they're doing. They have no uh, serious uh, medical uh, outlays in in Cuba, meaning no research or anything else like that. They don't develop cures uh, for diseases. Uh, That Hugo Hugo Chavez went to Cuba for medical treatment. There was just no place else for him to go. He would have much rather gone to the United States, the former leader of Venezuela. But that would have involved recognizing that the great Satan actually has something to offer like medicine. What is happening in Cuba is an exhaustion of the system that Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez favor. And we should be clear, if you support Bernie Sanders, if you know anybody who does, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Cuba is the model. Cuba is the model. Remember, Bernie Sanders is a guy who favors bread lines. Look it up there, producer Ari. It's, it's in my folder there. Uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, bread lines. It's one of the great pieces of audio of all time where he discusses how bread lines are actually good things, right? Important to have bread lines because that way, you know, everybody's getting what they should. Play it. You know, it's funny, sometimes American journalists talk about how bad a country is because people are lining up for food. That's a good thing. In other countries, people don't line up for food. The rich get the food and the poor starve to death. Do you know how absolutely violently, radically hateful you have to be in order to, to believe that? To share that? And that's who Bernie Sanders is, an ignorant man who has spent a life being an ignorant man, lying to ignorant people to get their votes and, yes, get their money. And his ignorance, his hatred, his his radically inept morals have only led him to become a member of the U.S. Senate and get three houses. Ain't America something. Now, running... Uh, Cuba right now is Miguel Diaz-Canel. And Miguel Diaz-Canel comes from that Castro line, specifically the Fidel line, not so much the Raul line, as I know it, and has said that the revolutionaries will fight for Cuba. The revolutionaries will fight for Cuba. Calling on the revolutionaries and the communists to, quote, combat the mercenaries paid by the American government. That argument, where you're still referring to people as revolutionaries, that worked in in Fidel's time. That does not work in a connected 2021. The people have been through this lie. They've been through this trash. They've been through this garbage, and they're not buying in. They want no part of it and no piece of it. They're not revolutionaries. They just want the Internet. Speaking of, there is a woman you never heard of before. I had never heard of before. I get, I, I, you may, maybe you did. Maybe I shouldn't say you never heard of her before. I'm saying I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that you never heard of her before. And she is a journalist by the name of Dina Stars. I never heard of Dina Stars before. Who in the world is she? She's Cuban. She's in Cuba. She's an independent journalist, as she is described. 
and she is on the air via via the web in Spain. Esta, 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 eh, and someone is talking. Dina, Dina, quieres decir algo? And she interrupts. La seguridad, la, la seguridad, la saying that the fuera. state security Esta is outside and she has to go outside and during this live broadcast there's a female anchor in Spain there's a guest from I don't know where she gets up she has to leave to go talk to state security meaning the Cuban police and a friend of hers grabs her computer and goes into another bedroom to hide and tries to angle the computer uh, and, and, the, and the camera so they can see what's going on and what's happening and the host, this woman, uh, I mean, it's Spanish TV. She's wearing the low-cut dress. It's kind of everything you could picture. She looks scared out of her head as to what's going on. And then this, this woman, Dina, comes back into the room after talking to state security and answers a couple more questions and says, uh, I, I, I've got to go. So the host is like, can you hear me? They're taking me to the police headquarters, live via Spain. I will hold the Cuban government responsible for whatever happens to me. And she's, the host is asking, are you being arrested? And Dina's like, I don't know. They told me to go with them. The look of absolute fear and horror on this anchor's face. Here is this girl, this girl. She might be in her 20s. In Cuba saying, I have to go with them. And this anchor, like, this is, ha this is actually happening to me. Her name is Marta Flitch, F-L-I-C-H. That's the name of the anchor. This happened live. And, and I got to tell you, I, I thought that, well, you know, it's got, it had for me the, the uh, translation under, underneath, and it was very, very helpful. I'm not, my Spanish is not that good. Um, she handled it. She handled it as well as any anchor I have seen handle anything, because that's a frightening thing to watch and to witness. And you're taking your audience through it, and you got to keep them a, a, a touch calm and a touch at ease. This is Cuba. This is the socialist hellscape, the communist hellscape. And when we talk about people being silenced on Twitter and silenced on Facebook and demonetized and deplatformed by YouTube, what's the difference between that? How many steps is it between that and this? You have to come with us. And then she gets into their car, which maybe came from 1981. She gets into the car. They escort her into the car and her friends are taking video of it. Her friends are taking video. Now, maybe it kind of shocks people that in Cuba, they've got cell phone cameras. <laughs> you know, how does that even happen? None of these nations can keep out the technology for forever. It will eventually get to the people. But this, this horror that is Bernie Sanders' wonderland, his Disney... This is what's in store if guys like him get control. So tell your college-age students, this is what's wrong. And there is, no, 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 no. It's not that Cuba did it wrong. This is not a bug. This is the feature. President Trump once said of Venezuela, 
and it's from the UN. It was it was the most perfect line, and he got no credit for it. The problem with Venezuela is that socialism uh, was uh, uh, implemented improperly. It's that it was implemented faithfully. It doesn't work. Everything that your kids were taught at the University of Michigan is a lie. Every bit of indoctrination garbage at Cal Berkeley or Columbia, oh, Columbia, IU, all garbage. All of these people who think they want a socialist world, they don't understand anything. But Cubans who have gotten on the rafts do. And Cubans who were able to escape do. Unfortunately, their great-grandchildren or their grandchildren are too ignorant to remember and aren't being taught and don't get told that they're being absolutely ridiculous. You vote for this socialist garbage. You have no idea how bad it was. It's amazing what people can forget in two generations. The Cubans are fighting for their lives. The Cubans are not unlike the Hong Kongers. Except China is far more difficult to deal with. But if indeed the communists have lost control, which is what some groups are trying to push out in Cuba, this is unbelievably good news. What could replace, Canal, what could replace uh, uh, what's happening in, in Cuba? The answer is I don't know. I don't know enough about the other political opportunities that exist. I can't say that it would be a straight-up democracy. Um, but, but let me tell you, Cuba as a republic is something that I would cheer, I'd be absolutely overjoyed by. Then there will be conversations about who gets the land, because you will see people move in and try and build hotels as fast as you can say hello. But that land belongs to people, and they have a right to it. So there's going to be some things to figure out. But the two big subjects, the two things to note in this story about Cuba and what's happening in Cuba, the violence in Cuba, is number one, communism is flat out evil and people have had enough of it. This isn't about COVID. It doesn't matter what CNN says. CNN lies. And by the way, just so we understand what I'm talking about, CNN wants you to believe that the situation in Cuba is all COVID-related. The State Department wants you to know that what's happening are nothing more than peaceful protests. Quote from Julie Chung, Assistant Secretary. Peaceful protests are growing in Cuba as the Cuban people exercise their right to peaceful assembly to express concerns about rising COVID cases, deaths, and medicine shortages. We commend the numerous efforts of the Cuban people mobilizing donations to help neighbors in need. This is nonsense. Nonsense. They aren't peaceful protests. People have already died. They are in the streets fighting for their lives. They have decided this is the moment. This isn't about rising COVID cases. It's about the fact that there's no damn food. Because there's no damn food because a nation that's trying to prove to the rest of the world they've got it together when they don't have it together doesn't dedicate the food to the people it dedicates the dollars to pretending they have doctors who know what they're doing i support the cuban freedom fighters
And I believe that even if the United States is saying we won't take them, that governors across the nation should say we will take true refugees from Cuba. We will take those refugees. Any governor worth their salt should be saying exactly that. I'm Tony Katz. He got that boyish look that I like in a man. I am an architect, I'm drawing up the plans. It's like I'm 17, nobody understands. No one understands. He got my heart So according to the latest ratings, CNN got 76,000 viewers in the 2554 demo July 5th to the 11th. Oh, holy cow. That's bad. That is bad. Uh, averaging more than CNN in that demo, Fox News Channel, Investigation Discovery, Hallmark, MSNBC, USA Network, Nick at Night, TNT, and ESPN. New Day tied with Nickelodeon. We went to Patrick Starr for comment. Thank you, Patrick. Tony Katz here. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. This is bad. This is bad. Now, that's a specific uh, segment of it. Uh, they average 433,000 total viewers during uh, the week. It's the lowest rated week of 2021. Fox and Friends delivered 1.1 million. So New Day has failed to reach 500,000 average viewers for 11 straight weeks. That's a mess. So what's causing the mess? Well, I think the only answer is they're not giving people what they want. And what they want is an honest conversation, not an indoctrination conversation. Also, CNN goes up against people who are doing exactly what they do. The morning show at MSNBC, the morning show at ABC and NBC and CBS, so you have this very bifurcated audience. Remember, Fox and Friends is still on top, but overall, uh, the political left has a much larger audience when you add up all the audiences in all the other places. So it isn't always an apples-to-apples -apples conversation regarding ratings. But even amongst those other groups, they should want to do better, and right now they're not. And this is pretty bottom-of-the-barrel stuff. And certainly bottom of the barrel compared to MSNBC. They have yet to figure out that it's them. They might want to actually have a show that talks about the news. Just a theory. This is Tony Katz today on Facebook. Tony Katz Radio. way to explain what happened in texas is that the democrats ran away they ran away 
They didn't like the fact that they were going to lose a vote on election laws. And they ran away. That's what happened. This is something that Democrats do. They famously did it in Indiana 10 years ago. They've done it in Wisconsin, I believe it is. Uh, This is what they do. Things aren't going to work out the way they would like. So they decide they can prevent a quorum from taking place and really show those dastardly, wascally Republicans. And they can, uh, they can, they can show their 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 constituents how much they care. So they uh, they run away. Thus, they went to Washington, D.C. But why Washington, D.C.? How does this happen? What is this all about? This is about election reforms in Texas. And it's another group of people lying about election reforms in Texas. Constantly and consistently lying about what we're seeing in states all across the country. I mean, this starts in in Georgia. And in Georgia, these reforms that we're getting into, they don't, they don't stop people from voting. You can't give somebody a bottle of water in line. What does that have to do with anything? Bring your own damn water. That's not hurting people from voting. It, does, it doesn't do anything in, in, in that regard. Let's, let's not be silly. Always been a lie. Remember, these are the people who who want to tell you that uh, they're now okay with voter ID, but just a year ago, voter ID was racist and bigoted. Of course, they said that if you're black, you don't have the ability to get an ID. If you're Hispanic, you don't have the ability to get an ID. If you're Asian, well, I don't, I don't know what they said about Asian because they have yet to figure out in the world of bigotry and the world of race what they're going to do about Asians. Problem is, Asian people too white. Asian people are just too white. They're too white aligned and white connected. You know, it's like Robin D'Angelo referring to it as white adjacent. The closer you are to whiteness, the term often used is white adjacent. You're still going to experience racism, but there are going to be some benefits due to your perceived proximity to whiteness. That's why Harvard tells Asians, sorry, you can't go to our school anymore. And that's why places like Stuyvesant and those other big high schools in New York, are like, oh, I'm sorry, we have too many of your kind in our school, so we're going to have to change things up so we have less of, you know, your your kind in our schools which is 150 percent what is happening the bigotry towards asian americans from the academic set is frightening stunning sick twisted flat out diseased but these are the people who then tell you how good and decent they are you want to talk about a group of people that should be voting for Republicans. It's, it's Asian Americans. Uh, this is true. Jews, uh, gay people should always be voting for Republicans. Because when the leftist is left to their own devices, 
uh, you will get to a place where you are targeted. What's the worst thing you can say about a Republican? They don't think you should get married? They lost that fight. They don't think people should be into your home checking your text messages. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you not hear that? Biden and the DNC, uh, I should really say it comes from the DNC, an idea that if a text message gets sent by you, let's say you send me a text message. Let's see, I'll, you know, like here, uh, let's say I send Ari a text message right now, all right? I, I've got producer Ari's number. It's 1-900-PRODUCER-ARI. That's true. And, uh, and here, I'm going to send him a text message. Um, you're a great guy. So I sent him a text message. That is not what you sent. So if, if did you actually read it? Yes. So, <laughs> I did send him a text message. What they want is for the SMS companies, right? The message servicing companies. If you're sending disinformation about COVID, your text should be followed up with the proper information. We're talking about reading your text messages, deciding whether they're acceptable and then sending better information. We were just talking about Cuba. Or I won't pretend, uh, Cuba. And you have people getting arrested right there while they're doing an interview. You don't think that can come to America? Look at what the Democratic Party is willing to do. Look at how much straight-up fascism these people have and the totalitarians that they are. You're Asian in the United States. You vote for that? It's Republicans who are mean? Get over yourselves. You're wrong, and you've been lied to. So maybe it's time to recognize, holy crap, I've been lied to. Because it isn't Republicans or conservatives, I should better argue, that are trying to keep you out of Harvard. We think universities should be going for the best and the brightest. And it can go for the best and the brightest in, in, a, in a series of ways. It can go for the best and the brightest in, 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 in math and in English and in history and in art and in theater and in, this, in a whole bunch of things. I never said you had to be the best and the brightest in just one thing or just one traditional subject. But when Harvard purposefully pushes Asians out so that David Hogg can get in, that's all you need to hear. David Hogg, uh, one of the Parkland students, not bright, non-intellectual, not decent, not good, has never done anything except be a mouthpiece for an anti-gun movement who is more than happy to use a child to move their message. What a... He is so set up for failure. I'm not just talking about his pillow company. He's set up for failure. Because he actually thinks he's good and decent. And society might just give him gigs because, you know, they used him. Maybe they feel bad. I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe they don't feel bad. You think they feel bad about Cindy Sheehan? No? Yeah. That, that was the days of George uh, W. Bush, who, by the way, is in the news, not happy with Joe Biden about Afghanistan. I will get to that story coming up. So in Texas, the Democrats don't like that the Republicans are going to engage these voter laws. They're very, very upset about it. So what they've done is they have run away. They have gone to Washington, D.C. Why Washington, D.C.? Because the governor, Greg Abbott, there was a call of the House 
which means everybody has to show up. And when people don't show up, the sergeant-at-arms is empowered to go find the people who don't show up and bring them in, arrest them if they need to. Bring them in. That would be true in all 50 states. It's not true in the District of Columbia, meaning they have no quote-unquote jurisdiction there. So the Democrats all head to Washington, D.C., and they head there on private planes. And uh, so these are private planes. Is there a reason why you all flew together on charter planes instead of flying commercially? Uh, absolutely. Number one, you know, when you make when you break a quorum, you want to be successful. So I think everybody wants to see, you know, 51, 52, 55 Democrats on the same plane. That's reassuring. Number two, uh, you know, to, to get a, a flight out of town uh, at a time certain with, you know, getting everybody to come in from across the state, you need to fly privately. And as you can see from the picture, we're, we're talking about using the same kind of plane that the public uses every day there's there's no there's no fancy couches or or anything like that who paid for it who paid for it never mind your nonsense argument we want to know who paid for it who paid for the democrats who bought the gas to get them to dc who's paying for their hotel rooms is it the constituents is it the donors is it someone else who pays for the food who pays for the clothing allowance? Who pays for the dry cleaning bills? Who pays? It's a question. It's a question we want an answer to. You have Texas House Democrats who are saying, we're not going to be treated like, uh, like uh, oh, like what? And I'm up here because I don't plan to be a sitting person in that legislature. I'm not going to be a sitting. You ain't no sitting duck. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to be a hostage. You're an elected official. Speak your mind. Vote your mind. That's it. What do you mean? What do you mean a hostage? What are you even talking about? What are you talking about? They just, they just make it up as they go along. And not only are, are, are they fighting for the people, they're freedom fighters, don't you know? We will overcome. We will overcome. We will overcome someday. They literally gathered on the steps of the Capitol the U.S. Capitol, and sang, we will overcome all 52, 53 of them. Overcome what? That the state of Texas doesn't want to have these mail drops where people could stuff ballot boxes? I'm not saying they are stuffing them. I'm saying they can. The rules in Texas really more onerous than in Delaware? Remember, they told us in Georgia that it was onerous because you can't hand out a bottle of water. Tell people to bring their own damn water. But this is exacerbated by Joe Biden in one of the most despicable, awful, horrific statements out there. Joe Biden saying this. The assault on free and fair elections is just such a threat, literally. I've said it before. We're facing the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. That's not hyperbole. Since the Civil War. 
It's hyperbole. And it's garbage. Joe Biden speaking in Philadelphia engaged one of the most hateful and bigoted conversations you have heard in a good long time. Partisan poll watchers to intimidate voters and imperil and and impartial uh, poll workers. They want voters to dive further and be able to be in a position where they wonder who's watching them and intimidating them. To wait longer to vote. To drive a hell of a lot long, excuse me, a long way to get to vote. They want to make it so hard and inconvenient that they hope people don't vote at all. That's what this is about. This year alone, 17 states have enacted, not just proposed, but enacted, 28 new laws to make it harder for Americans to vote. Not to mention, and catch this, nearly 400 additional bills Republican members of the state legislatures are trying to pass. The 21st century Jim Crow assault is real. It's unrelenting. And we're going to challenge it vigorously. Absolutely disgusting. Joe Biden, not a uniter, that much is obvious. Disgusting. It is hyperbole. The Jim Crow reference, absolutely despicable. Shame on him. The guy believes in racial jungles, but he's going to tell us that making sure that you know who's voting is a Jim Crow law. By the way, 17 states and and 28 pieces of legislation, can you show me how many? Because I don't have the answer. How many have been challenged in the Supreme Court? Have we seen any of these to be unconstitutional? Uh, okay. Well, you get back to me on that. I'm, 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 I will wait for the answer. These people fighting like mad to actually have a standard in, in these states regarding voting. I want voting to be easy for American citizens. I want voting to be available for American citizens. If you tell me that some citizens can't get an ID, that's you hating citizens. I don't plan on being a part of it. And that's just one of many, many issues. The Texas Democrats ran away because they can't handle the fact they're going to lose. And they don't believe they ever should have to. It's kind of what they do. I'm Tony Katz. In the state of Minnesota, there's a man by the name of John Thompson. He's a state representative. I don't expect you to know who John Thompson is. I I don't know him personally or, or not. I only know that he was involved in a stop by police. And in this stop, he makes the claim that he was stopped because... He's black. That he was profiled because he was black. And this is actually one of two stories on this subject. I'm going to share them with you coming up. And the question before us is, how many stories are there like this? Where we have created a society where people now believe 
that anything that goes wrong, oh, it's because of the color of my skin. Oh, it's I didn't do anything wrong. It's you're you're the problem. Oh, I'm fine. You're it's because you're a bigot. It's because of your privilege. It's because you don't you you're you're power hungry. We don't think we've created the society that takes a look at police. And why do you think people run from the police now? Maybe more than ever. Fight back against uh, police officers. How much more difficult it is to be a cop? Because what we've told people is the cop is always wrong. The cop is always bad. The cop is always guilty. That's what we've told people. Now, the fact that none of it is true. I mean, the cop could be wrong. The cop could be bad. The cop could be guilty. But the idea that every cop is bad and every cop is guilty, every cop is wrong. You don't have that. But what a convenient thing to say when you don't like what's happening. Not one, but two stories. I'll break them down for you. Tell me what you think. And George Bush, number 43, not happy with Biden in the pullout from Afghanistan. I've got that story. This is Tony Katz today. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio.